with an incomprehensible amount of TV, both past and present, to watch, it can be hard to sort through what's worth it and what isn't. With shows like The X-Files, with its 218 episodes spanning nearly three decades, it can be especially tough. We've chosen the best episodes this iconic series has to offer, and we'll watch and discuss what works, what doesn't, and try to figure out how 90s one show can be. This week, we watched the pilot, written by Chris Carter and directed by Robert Mandel. Do you believe in the existence of extraterrestrials? Logically, I would have to say no. Welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Laura. And we decided to do a podcast about the X-Files. I think it's a a really good show, and I think it's formative for TV history. And I I think a lot of people maybe haven't seen it because it's sci-fi and has 218 episodes. (laughs) And so... (laughs) What I wanted to do was kind of do like a highlight of the best episodes of the show so people who maybe haven't seen it could maybe be persuaded to watch some of the best the show has to offer. I am a huge fan of The X-Files. I watched it uh, a couple years ago, and it's it's a very important show to me, and I'm very passionate about it. And, uh... So that's why I feel like I'm a good host for this podcast. Uh, Laura, what's uh, your really? I, I sort of know your relationship to the X Files, but what's your relationship <laughs> to the X Files? Uh, my relation to the X Files is much less serious. Um, you got me into the X Files slash. I agreed to watch the X Files with you in college whenever you had no one else to watch with you and just like needed. <laughs> To talk about all of your Mulder and Scully feels, and I, yes, yeah, love. Uh, I love ships. Shipping is always the best part of any show for me. So I can get down with a good ship. So I've seen, um, a decent amount of episodes. A decent amount being like most of what is on our rewatch list already. Um, but yeah, definitely not all two hundred plus episodes. Um. I don't Nor like Chris you. Carter, too, so, like, that's another thing, is, like, don't like the creator of the show, so some of it I definitely <laughs> have to skip out on, but. Uh, also, you've already outed us as shipper trash, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna find out eventually, if that's they don't true. already know, like. My, my fun fact about this is that, actually, the X-Files term the coin shipper, uh, it came from the X-Files, so there's that bit of fandom history for y'all, if that's something y'all are into. That is fun. I do enjoy that, yes. <laughs> okay, so we this episode is about the pilot, obviously. And in the pilot, uh, the quick plot summary, if there was a plot. I mean, there's kind of a plot. <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> but the plot summary being that uh, we're introduced to the X-Files. We're introduced to Mulder and Scully. And they go to Oregon to investigate this strange series of deaths associated with the graduating class of 1989. And that's kind of what happens. I, I think it sort of resolves what happened, but at the same time, it doesn't resolve what happened. Yeah. There's a lot more questions than answers by the end of it. But what really struck me about the pilot rewatching it this time is that, I mean, the plot like doesn't really make a ton of sense, but it also doesn't weigh the 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 episode down by not making sense right Mm -hmm. and it's it's so much more about setting the mood of the the uh show like uh the very you know kind of starts and it starts in Oregon but uh then it comes back to the x-file or to the fbi and we're immediately introduced to scully and she has a meeting with blevins who is the guy behind the desk and it was very convenient exposition dump. Um, <laughs> what is the X Files? <laughs> Have you heard of the X Files? 
You've worked here for two years. Have you heard of the X-Files? Have you heard of this guy Mulder? <laughs> well, this may feel like punishment, but we are going to make you spy on him for us. <laughs> yeah, so we, we meet Scully, and uh, then she goes down to the infamous basement. And, and Mulder has a great line where when she opens the door, he says, Nobody down here but the FBI's most unwanted. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like he had to be practicing that line. Like, well, any time, yeah. like, like a cleaning, a janitor comes down and he's just like, nobody down here but the FBI's most unwanted. Yeah, it's a very good classic Mulder opening quip. Yeah, totally. And that that scene where they first meet in the basement is so good. I think it's it tells us so much of their dynamic. And it, it really, it's, it's such a great way to set up their dynamic. Mm -hmm. Because... I think it would be, it would have been easy to have them be kind of hostile towards each other because he's a believer and she's a skeptic and that's sort of the premise of the show. But if they were to be hostile towards each other, like the entire time, then <laughs> I feel like that would take away from the show because it just wouldn't be as compelling. It would right. just be too antagonistic. Right, it comes off more as, like, a playfulness. Yeah, yeah, like, there's, there's like, this respect that even from the beginning, like, you know, he, he, he reads her undergrad thesis. <laughs> where she, even though he says she has no use for physics. Yeah, where he's, the, he's, he's impressed, oh, that's, that's a credential, rewriting in Einstein. <laughs> yeah. And um and even even the office I think was such a such a good set I think you know all the pictures in the wall like this very typical conspiracy theory nut kind of you know all these pictures just tacked up and folders everywhere like mm -hmm. I thought like it was it was really cool I thought it was a, like I don't think it was like hugely inventive but it it was nice it was. A nice touch. It's it's kind of like the rumors are about half true, right? Like, the rumors that Mulder's just, you know, kind of crazy, like, aren't, you know, totally, like, unbased. Like, there is a bit of that, like, sort of classic conspiracy theorist, like, craziness there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, um... <laughs> and almost immediately, Mulder has a slideshow prepared for her. Because he knew that she was being assigned. But I just love, like, him lovingly crafting the slideshow. <laughs> and we, we texted about, um, there's that scene where he's, like, the, he shows, like, this unidentifiable, like, Organic substance. compound. Did it almost, like, test her? Yeah, I have, like, a bow to pick with this scene. Because it's, like, okay, we get it. She's a scientist. Like, obviously, being a medical doctor has taken like organic chemistry right but like he puts up there like one of the most just like all it is so like all it is is like an amide group or a car uh carboxylic amide because you have that carboxylic group with the carbon double attached to the oxygen and then the like amide group with like this non-specific r <laughs> off to the side which is like yeah r like like yeah, she's like, it's organic. That's the only answer she can give at that moment because it's just like this non-specific, like, am I? Like, I don't... You need more information to know really what that is. Like, just to be like, yeah. show a scientist, like, here's a compound. What is this? It's like, I don't know. I'll it's like half of head. a compound. <laughs> right. Like, the more specific R group group isn't there. And then also, like... You need context. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was really funny. I, I think I said it was a Wikipedia ass molecular structure. It really is. I like when we were when I was watching this, um, because Rain is watching them with me. When I was watching this, I like had to go back and pause and like copy it down because I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> that's that's very you. Yeah. And my my bond of my bone to pick with this uh, this scene is, why does Mulder say organ like that? Oh my gosh, I wrote down that note too. Like, why the fuck does he say organ like that? There's no reason to say organ like that. 
Is it like, uh, supposed to be a, yeah. some weird like Massachusetts way to say Oregon? He's from Massachusetts, I have no clue. right? His character? Right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a mass hole. I'll, right. I'll put the clip of the Oregon. Oregon female. Because it's so funny. Yeah, but, <laughs> it is. But then I think almost immediately after that, he says, going to the very plausible state of Oregon. And he says it in, like, a normal way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm going to chalk that up to David Duchovny being weird. Yeah, I think, I think that's <laughs> definitely it. That's a personal line choice delivery. I would like to mention um, his shout-out to Shamrock, Texas. Um, <laughs> if y'all aren't familiar where Shamrock, Texas is, it is in the panhandle on the border between Texas and Oklahoma, and it's one of the last places you stop to pee before you cross into Oklahoma. And I can say that their McDonald's has a Texas-shaped sink, which is, like, <laughs> classic Texas rest stop, like, on the exactly. border, especially, like, Texas-shaped sinks in the bathroom. Don't know why it's a thing in Texas, but it is. Um, so I, <laughs> I, being a panhandle person, I, uh, I really yeah. enjoyed that little Shamrock Texas shout out. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely we're both from Texas, so we'll definitely shout out Texas stuff. Um, there's a couple, yeah, spots yeah. where it's it's more, it'll it'll come in more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, and then I think uh, <laughs> the other the other scene I thought was really good was when they're exhuming Ray Soames' body, which. First of all, like the, whoever was in charge of doing that, like was using fraying, like bad, bad. like straps, awful, right. like what right. kind of like non-union hiring did you get? Right. <laughs> this am is amateur hour over here in Oregon. There's also like, yeah, especially if it's like for a police investigation, they're not like not really like having security around the area very well either. It's like okay, come on. Yeah. Um, but then, like, they get the, they open the casket, and the body looks inhuman. It, it, it just is decaying weirdly, or is deformed in some way that isn't expected from, like, I guess, I mean, Ray Soames is probably an average-looking, you know, skeleton. Another thing I noticed graph. is that, like, if he's embalmed, like, assuming since he's in a casket in the ground, he's embalmed because it's America, and that's generally how our funeral practices work um yeah you wouldn't be decaying that quickly he hasn't been dead that long like that's really yeah. advanced decay yeah and so you know Mulder gets immediately so excited to have this you know tangible evidence of something very weird and um and so <laughs> I love the scene in the uh when they're doing the odd, or when Scully's doing the autopsy, because she's a girl boss, and that's what she does. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, shout out to how short Jillian and small Jillian Anderson looks in this pilot. She looks tiny. She she looks like a baby. My the funniest thing is when she when she in, uh, did her audition for the X Files. She was twenty four, but she told them she was twenty seven. But like, I refuse to believe anyone thought she was twenty seven. Yeah, she's no in no way twenty seven. She definitely like, looks twenty four. She looked like she's wearing her mom's suit, and she's just like she looks just out of college. <laughs> and then she's like allegedly, because even twenty seven is like, she would have gone to medical school, which is like four years, right? And then mm -hmm. a residency, or or residency is part of that. I, I'm not quite sure. But then, like, she was she had been working at the ex, uh, or she'd been working at the FBI for two years after that. So like, <laughs> okay, so the theoretically, she's twenty seven. Yeah, so theoretically. She did, say she graduated, Scully graduated undergrad at 22, like the normal age, plus four years of medical school. Say she went into med school right out of undergrad, so that's 26, plus like two years of red residency, like 28, so, and then two years in the FBI. So she's like, theoretically at least 30, her character, but she looks like a baby. <laughs> She does. She I just think her graduated birthday, undergrad. I'm pretty sure her birthday, uh, it's it's nineteen sixty-four, I wanna say. And the episode or this aired in nineteen ninety-three. So yeah, she would be like twenty-nine. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, she looks so tiny. But I, I love like I feel like David Duchovny, he looks young, but he does not look like a baby like Julia no, does. No, it's it's a it's it's a stark difference. Mm -hmm. He's young, but he's not like just graduated college young 
Yeah, yeah. But so they're they're in they're doing the autopsy and uh and Mulder's very excitedly and annoyingly taking pictures of the body and just getting <laughs> way ahead of himself and, and it's just so high. And Scully's like, I don't know, it looks like a monkey to me. I think it might be a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have that great line where he's like, I'm not crazy, Scully. I have the same doubts as you. Uh, which I think was such it's such a good characterization because you you don't want to make Mulder go so far the other way where he he's just taking everything at face value and and just willing to fall for anything hook line and mm-hmm. sinker he 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 needs to because he wants evidence like he believes this but he needs evidence because right. he knows nobody will take him seriously without it and um yeah. Oh, oh, I also wanted to say, I didn't know if you had anything else to say about this scene, but the implant that they get uh, out of the body, it reminded me of, you know those uh, those little toys, like the connects, mm-hmm. where you like build, it yeah. looked like a connect. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it's like a metal connect. <laughs> it did. It really did look like that. I think the, the next scene I wanted to talk about was the, uh, the bathrobe scene. I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to say. Um, Just that like, uh, so the bathrobe scene. When does he ask her to go running? That's that's, that's before the, the or, bathrobe scene. That is before. Okay. Yeah. Um, um. I have. So like that's whenever she's writing her previous previous report, and the only note I have for that is that she looks very hot whenever she's writing that <laughs> report. Like her hair is still wet, and she's wearing these glasses. It's just she's got a that very good look. shirt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's he a looks, very good look. He looks pretty hot too. I, I think of, I think I saw someone post uh, that here's a, he's got his hat on backwards. Yeah, uh, his running outfit and... is actually my that's that's nineties moment of the episode. <laughs> um, so we can get to that later. We can cut this out and get to that later. Yeah. But, um, um. Yeah. But I love he has his hat on, and I just saw this post once where it was like, uh, there's that that vine where he's like. Uh, got my hat on backwards. It's summer. I'm ready to fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> We're skipping over the part where like they lose time and he's very excitedly dancing in the rain because like yeah, that happens. Uh, but yeah, right, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm uninterested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so Scully goes to take a shower, and the power goes out. Um. Uh, which I don't know. If, I guess it's like it's harder for her to see. I guess it's the point of the power going out. But she goes to take a shower while the lights are out, which that's that's I mean, I wouldn't do that. That's every every time I've like been in the shower and the lights have been out, it's very spooky. Yeah, if you don't have a window, it's uh too dark. I don't know if like you've ever like been in the shower and like someone has turned the light off on you. Like if you share a bathroom like with a sibling or a partner. Um, but yeah, it's terrifying because you can't see anything and everything is wet. So yeah. taking a shower so, at night in the dark, no power, not not a good idea. Just just wait for yeah, the so, power. Yeah, weird weird move, Scully. Yeah. But I guess we'll we'll allow it. Whatever. <laughs> we'll so allow it if it leads to a cute scene. <laughs> so she's she's getting undressed to take a shower, and she feels uh, some bumps on her back. And she gets very worried, and she immediately, she doesn't even, like, put on pants or, like, put on PJs. She's just like, you know, I'm in my underwear. I'll put on a robe, and I'll go ask Mulder to look at my back to see what <laughs> <Right>. it is. <laughs> that's, that's either, like, she was, she, she was I'm, so freaked out. She couldn't even fathom. <laughs> right. Pajamas. I just, I like to think that this is, like, the writers already shipping it. And, like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we'll have her go over in her underwear and her bathrobe whenever she could change into, like, pants and a t-shirt and just, like, lift up the back of her t-shirt and it would be, like, way less of a deal. I have some thoughts. So, so she goes over and she, you know, takes off the robe and Mulder with this little candle goes down and he says no they're mosquito bites and she she's relieved she puts her robe back on and she they hug sort of or she leads into him or whatever you know but i think this scene is interesting because this episode was written by notorious ship hater chris carter i hate him (laughs) how dare you give us the scene and be like no there's nothing there like what they already have a, a trust there yeah, so like, in I think my reading of this, knowing you know Chris Carter, knowing 
about the show like, mm-hmm. a decent amount. I think Chris wrote this in one to show it's like platonic because it's I don't like it's very intimate, right? And I think plenty of people will read it that way as something more than platonic intimacy. But I think his point was like, look how much they trust each other now. Because because another thing is like they could have, you know, had Mulder slowly trust Scully, but he does kind of immediately trust her. Like mm-hmm. he she trusts him enough to like go in her underwear to ask his opinion about some bites on her back. And he trusts her enough to, you know, getting to the next scene, tell her mm-hmm. tell her about his sister. And so I think it was like that is the point of the scene, but it is very intimate. And I think with David and Jillian having like the chemistry that they have right. it's kind of hard to read that's like strictly as platonic. platonic and it's not like platonic intimacy can't exist or can't exist in a way just like that like it absolutely can but again you have to also take into the fact like your actors do have this incredible amount of chemistry with each other so like it's going to come off as not just platonic like it is a very trusting and intimate scene and like it's it's there to to show like hey they already have this level of like trust and intimacy with each other but like it's it's also shippy as hell it just is (laughs) it is it totally is but also i think anybody watching it and getting irritated and saying that it's not shippy it's like okay like you have a point i mean Right. This is me rewatching this after seeing, you know, all 218 episodes and two movies, uh, one of which I refuse to acknowledge exists, I guess. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But so immediately after this, she's like lounging like on his bed and he's sitting mm-hmm. on the floor uh, where he belongs. Yes. That is that is a cute detail. I do like that. It's like, you know, they're close, but they're not that close yet. So he's going to be on the floor. Yeah, and I, I thought like it, it, like yeah, it was just it's such a good shot. I think too, mm-hmm. like I don't know, there's something really cool about the way it's they're set up. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 you know, tells tells her about his sister, um, and he doesn't explicitly say that he he thinks she's been abducted. Um, that kind of comes a little bit later in like the next episode or two, which we won't talk about, but I'll mention it here that. He believes his sister was abducted by aliens. And he does hint to that. He says, like, there was a light and I had regression hypnosis therapy. Yeah, to... I, think, I think it's pretty clear that, mm-hmm. like, he believes she was abducted, even from, like, what he just, like, says in the pilot. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in this scene, he, he, this, is, this is another good, like, tone setting for the rest of the show in that, Mulder kind of lays out, like, I'm trying to find this information, and I'm being stonewalled. There's a part of the government that is actively covering this up. And and Scully's, Scully's so sweet, sweet, innocent Scully. It's just like, they can't do that. I know. It's like babies first learning to mistrust the government. She's it's like, cute. why would they do that? It's cute. It is cute. I, I, wish, I, I wish I could be her sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and, and then Mulder says, you're part of that agenda. You must know that. Being that, like, she is assigned to help cover up him. Mm-hmm. And and there's that great moment where she says, I'm not part of any agenda. I want to know what happened. I want to find what happened to these kids. I want to find the truth. Like, that is her mission. And so it's so interesting that they they push her to rat on Mulder. Like, mm-hmm. that's her purpose. And she, she's immediately like, no, that's not what I'm doing. This is, maybe that's what they think I'm doing, but that's not what I'm doing. My personal mm-hmm. ethos, even if I don't believe what you're saying, my personal ethos means I'm going to look at the evidence and I'm going to make a conclusion. And that's all that she is doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking of cover-up, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the episode is kind of pushes on that notion and so it's them kind of being chased around and every time like they find out that uh what is her name peggy 
Peggy, whatever her last name is. I don't. I want to say Campbell. I mean, I, I want to say Campbell. Olsen. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a different show. Peggy Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> um, she they she they get a call that she's dead, so they go to see that, and then while they're gone, their hotel room gets set on fire, destroying mm-hmm. the evidence that they've got or some of the evidence they've gathered. And then they end up talking to Teresa Nevins. Um, which when they're outside the restaurant in this scene, Mulder's wearing like fucking khakis. <laughs> <laughs> That's not his casual look. His casual look, which we'll get to eventually, is he wears blue jeans and he wears Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe they robbed us. Because <laughs> I love his Timberlands. <laughs> That's that's my it's not in this episode, but that's my nineties. I love it. <laughs> that's gonna be my nineties thing in the uh, future. But also his hair looks great. I think his hair is very good this episode. And it's it's annoying to me, honestly, like how attractive David Duchovny is in this episode. Like yes! how dare they open us up on Mulder with him wearing those glasses? Like that's not fair for how <laughs> annoying he actually is. Yes, like one of my personal personality flaws is that I think Mulder is like very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> you you have a thing for guys in glasses, Shelby. I've noticed. Um, I know. <laughs> you like it when they have like a slightly nerdy look to them, which is cute. I mean, I dig. I dig as well. But yeah, he, and uh, he, he he hates unfair. the government. He's just he's he's very appealing. He's a loser. He's pathetic. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we do. I okay. I do love Mulder, but he he does try our patience very frequently. Oh, which we'll, yes, yeah. We'll get to later. Yeah, but his hair looks great. I think in season one, his hair is like that's peak yeah. good hair. Yeah, it has that little curly. Has that single strand. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> one of my critiques of this episode, which I feel like it, it's not that big of a critique, but I have no clue how Mulder got to the conclusion that Billy Miles did it, right? Right. It's just like, because he was the only, part of me thinks it was just like pure process of elimination. Like he was the only one left. Yeah. It's kind of like, who else could it be if not any of the other like people in that class? So it's just like, he was kind of the last one left. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but it, it felt like a leap. But at the end, like, I'm not too hung up on it because I think part of, like, this episode is more about setting the tone and introducing mm-hmm. us to the characters more than it is about solving this very specific case. I think sort of the, like, conclusion of this episode is really kind of sudden and messy because, again, it's just like, how did he get to the fact that it was Billy? Um, I think that, like, overall and like i've only seen the pilot like one other time besides like watching it last night in preparation for this um so it was also just kind of like i remembered some of it but not really a lot of it um it feels so from someone who like hasn't seen it very much you definitely feel this like tension between like trying to be like a cop show and trying to be sci-fi and, like, that's kind of, like, Mulder and Scully themselves, right? Like, she is still very much, like, the FBI right now, and he is, you know, the X-Files dude. But, like, yeah, I think that's where some of the messiness comes, is because it's almost as if Chris Carter himself can't decide if it's going to be more of, like, a cop FBI show or pure sci-fi. And it's kind of like that tension is there. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, yeah, like, whether... This is going to be about like there's a case that needs to be solved and mm-hmm. we need to resolve it in a mm-hmm. satisfying way. Or if this is going to be bits and pieces of like alien lore and mm-hmm. alien abduction lore that exist in pop culture already. Like <clears throat> I think a lot of the abduction uh, abduction story or like the the details they include about you know implants and stuff is stuff that exists in that lore mm-hmm. in real life. And and so like some of it does feel like it's a smattering of that, and now it seems like it's more like a sci-fi show. But then they're yeah. also like trying to solve the case, yeah, which it's, they don't do. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's it's it's 
it's almost a little frustrating because they actually present a very interesting case. The case itself of like what's happening to these young adults, these teenagers and stuff is interesting, but like it just resolves itself in such an uninteresting way for even like a sci-fi show cuz like it's just like oh aliens which it's like yeah okay we're here for that it's the X-Files but it's also like i don't know almost make it like a little less of a FBI procedural then it feels like yeah. it's very influenced by the vibe of um especially this first episode with it being sort of like rainy and Oregon and stuff it's very much feels like it's influenced by the vibe that was present like post like Silence of the Lambs coming out Science of the Lambs came out like a year or two earlier. Um, so it's like almost like they're trying to copy that vibe at the beginning, but then like it's just like aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 like Chris Carter definitely cites Silence of the Lambs as like a big influence. Scully is very much influenced right. by Clarice. Yeah, you can definitely yeah, feel yeah. it. And even like uh you can definitely see the Twin Peaks vibe too, because obviously yeah. like Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And I think I was even struck by that in the cold open. Like yeah, there, it it kind of reminded me a lot of like when they found Laura Palmer's body. Right, right, right. I think it's it's definitely like taking these influences, but then going a completely different direction, which is totally fine. But it just it feels incomplete. I think in this pilot. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's so interesting because this show like, definitely goes on to set, like, it sets the tone for a mm -hmm. lot of TV. Like, it sets mm -hmm. the tone for police procedurals mm -hmm. going forward. Mm -hmm. You you watch the X-Files, you see a lot of, like, CSI in it. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say less, like, SVU, because I think they're accomplishing different things. But, like, you definitely see, yeah. like, a lot of, like, s like this, this show leaves a huge imprint on, like, sci-fi TV, but also cop procedurals. And just, like, mm -hmm. pushing the limits of TV very frequently. And yeah, yeah, but the, but definitely in the pilot, like it sets a lot of stuff up really well. It's it's very self assured, especially when it comes to like Mulder and Scully, mm -hmm. and kind of the vibe it's trying to go for. But I do agree with you that like it hasn't quite nailed down like the level of like cop procedural it wants to be. Yeah, or sci fi that it wants to be at the same time. It, it's trying, but it's not quite fully there yet, which is fine. Mm -hmm. It's a pilot. Yeah. Also, uh, the scene where they're talking, they're, they they go to the the cemetery and they find the bodies have been buried up, and someone is in the process of destroying all the evidence they could get on this case. <laughs> it has the the scene where like Scully's talking to him and it's raining. Is one of my one of my favorite bloopers comes from that scene. I'm gonna start from the top. Agent Miles, Agent Mulder. <laughs> I am standing here in the rain and the mud, looking at two coffins that we. Agent Mulder, I am standing out here in the rain and the mud and the rain, and the force summons Teresa Nevin's body. Nevin's body. So then they. Go back to the forest, and they find Billy trying to take Teresa Nevins wherever he's taking it. I, I think her name is Nevins with a V. No, it's it's Nevins. It's Nevins with an M. Yeah, because I remember mistake. I remember seeing it in the like when Scully's like looking on at the file on the plane and being like, "How do you say? Is it Nevins?" But it's it's Nevins. <laughs> Nevins. Okay, my mistake. Teresa Nevins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think, like, the effects in that scene are, like, I think they're decent. Like, they just try to do, they do little. Like, they don't want to, it's, like, less is more very much. Like, mm -hmm. they have the lights, which are very easy to do. And then the wind just looks cool. And, like, you get the vibe they're going for. And they don't, you know, have some, like, very 90s, you know, <laughs> CGI or something. Right. They, Billy comes to a senses or, I don't. That that part was very confusing because it's like suddenly he doesn't have the marks and like he can talk again, he can walk again, and it's like yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> they they like kind of just chalk it up to like the aliens made him paralyzed and then unparalyzed when they needed him to like bring people to like destroy because the experiment failed. It's not really clear why any of it happened. Yeah. Yeah, the episode doesn't quite land on its feet in regards to the plot, as we yeah. mentioned. But yeah, 
But I did like uh, in the scene where like Billy is recounting his abduction story to like mm-hmm. a bunch of FBI agents, and there's on the other side of the two-way class, there's there's Scully, and then there's Blevins, and then some other people. And the way the camera works, where it pans around, and it's like the slow reveal that like cigarette smoking man is standing there, mm-hmm. was so cool. I really like that shot. There's there is good framing with cigarette smoking man in this episode. So like I like mm-hmm. I appreciate that sort of like forethought in it because like in every shot that he's in except for like at the very end whenever he's putting away the implant right in the Indiana Jones style warehouse um yeah like the, another uh, connect yeah another the connect piece yeah another like sort of like homage shout out the Chris Carter influence uh I saw in this episode was definitely had like an Indiana Jones vibe when it came more to the government conspiracy um but yeah it's like he's always framed in corners of the room sort of mm-hmm. in this episode and that's he's kind of framed like in the shadows which is really appreciated yeah. actually it's smart framing yeah and and cigarette smoking man as if y'all don't know is just the guy that's smoking a cigarette that's his name um <laughs> but yeah he's, he's, <laughs> he's the only smoker in the fbi he's he's just the him. one that just he just lurks and he, he he you're led to believe he's part of the government conspiracy in this episode um, because, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. He is. <laughs> yeah, pretty clearly. <laughs> I feel like of, of the people you if, you, if you know anything about the X-Files, you know Mulder and Scully, and then I'm sure you know the cigarette smoking man in some capacity. But if you don't, he's, right. you know. When we were watching this, and my wife, who's never seen the X-Files, that, like, sort of shot up at the, on the two-way glass happened, and it's framed, and he's cut on the side. I was just like, pick, I was like, I wonder who the real villain is in this entire series. Hmm. So yeah, good. you know what's funny is job. I believe maybe I'll edit this out if I'm wrong, but I believe that he he wasn't like supposed to be like the big bad going forward. It was just like some Canadian extra they hired. Right. Like he's I mean, just supposed to sit there and smoke a cigarette. He's playing almost a lackey role. Like again, I say with like his framing, like he's not Blevins behind, right behind the desk. He's back in the corner or. You know, he's the one he's not in that final meeting with Scully where she gives them the connect piece like he comes in later and then he's the one that goes and puts it up. So he's almost playing like sort of an an, an auxiliary role in this episode. And that could mm-hmm. be because he like maybe was intended to be just like an extra or it is kind of just like a bit of a sort of bait and switch like, oh, this dude actually matters did you have any other thoughts on the episode uh i have a really funny quote from my wife who just says that they really need to step up their audio mixing in 1993 (laughs) she was like when was this recorded i'm like this aired in 1993 and she's like well they need better audio mixing and you know what she's not wrong there's like (laughs) points where it's really hard to hear and points where it's like way way too goddamn loud um (laughs) so that's just like a quality of production yeah um yeah, another yeah. another sort of like sciencey note I have. Um and maybe like later on we can have like a more formal like sciencey section. Um is like whenever Scully brings them the implant, the connect piece and is just like we ran tests a la- I ran a lab test on it and it came back like not of this like unknown origin or whatever. It's just like what lab test? Like, show me the spectroscopy, because, like, you're gonna get something (laughs) there. Like, I'm assuming it's some sort of, like, spectroscopy to try to figure out some sort of, like, chemical compound, right? But, like... The mystery metal. Right, 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 right. It's just, like, what? That's not... You can't... You can't just say lab test and then just be, like, don't know what it is, like... Oh, but she can, and she... (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Chris we're personally going to, yeah, Chris Carter, please step up your game. Like, yeah, please don't just show her random organic molecules that don't mean anything without context or just lab tests that don't mean anything at all. <laughs> so we have some um, some uh, segments, I think, that we decided yes. on. And yeah. uh, I think the, fir- the first one uh, I would like to say is uh, our first segment is how annoying was Mulder this episode? Uh, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, so it's never going to be a zero for me. Um, 
because I <laughs> kind of just like always find him annoying. You know what? He's he's not as he's a little endearing. It's like annoying, but it's also like a little endearing in this episode, which like they need to be, I think, for us to like him. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like a five, which is okay, me liking okay. Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like for me, Mulder's base level is like a three. I want to yeah. say, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give him. I think I'm gonna give him a two. Okay. Because I think I think he did stuff this episode that like made him less annoying. Like I thought he was very tender with Scully, which is always a plus. Right. And he had some hostility going starting the episode. Right. But, but I think it wore really quickly because yeah. they they very much uh, had their banter, but both of them were smiling by the end of their banter. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's good. Yeah, I think he's a little more annoying to me because like at the beginning whenever they first met, when he's just like, what's this chemical compound? It's like, <laughs> are you trying to, like, make her prove her medical degree? Also, like, it, that's just not, I just, ugh, it's just not a good yeah, he's, example. He's absolutely gatekeeping her. <laughs> it feels gatekeepy. I don't like it. I'm like, back the fuck this, off, Mulder. Yeah, this is like when I go to GameStop and they ask me questions about the game I'm buying. Oh my god, I know. Don't even talk to me about GameStop. I was once shamed by like a twelve-year-old boy in GameStop, so I just oh like, my god avoid it forever. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> they're not friendly towards women. Yeah. Uh, and then our other segment is uh, how sassy was Scully this episode? Um, I'll go first. I she wasn't particularly sassy, or her sassiest moment I think was definitely when she put the metal connect on Blevins' desk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I think that was the sassiest. Bitch didn't burn this. <laughs> yeah, okay, so on a scale of, like, I don't know, I guess 1 to 10 is our general scale, so let's just use base 10. Um, hmm. Or you can even do her sassiest moment, whichever. Or her sassiest moment. We can work workshop this. This is a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, this is this is definitely a work in progress. I think Scully's sassiest moment, besides whenever she hands the implant to Blevins, is uh, whenever Mulder is being in her face with that camera when she's trying to conduct an autopsy. And she's just like, so he's just like, say it's aliens. He's like trying like so hard to like get her to say that it's alien. And she's giving every other explanation except for that. I love that. That was great energy. Yeah um big mood um it's also just very realistic yeah it's also just very realistic to her character it's like you're going to rule out you know the like more possible things before you just like jump to it being alien like duh of course it doesn't look right Mulder but you can't just like (laughs) she's not just gonna outright say it and I like how kind of like stubborn she is in that moment it's good so yeah that's probably the sassiest one for me she has that line when they first meet. What what is it? It's like um, the there's uh, there's always answers within science. You just have to know where to look. I can't mm-hmm. quite remember the quote, but yeah, like yeah, that's very much her. It's like if the it's answers not, are if there. you find out, yeah, the mm-hmm. answers are there. You just need to know where to look. It's very very good. Yeah yeah. So she's gonna make sure it's not a monkey before she jumps to like this is an alien. Right. Um. And uh, I think our last segment for now, we might add more. I don't know, but the the ninetieth moment in the, the most episode. 90s moment. Yeah, I yeah. mentioned uh, I mentioned this earlier, but my most nineties moment is uh, Mulder's running outfit, the backwards hat, <laughs> and just like the bagginess of it. It's just like that only existed in the nineties. That's not even like some of the nineties fashion that is like recurring now in the the twenty twenties and like late twenty tens isn't quite as 90s as that yeah yeah i yeah and also uh as a as a big fan of the backwards hat <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm bringing it back <laughs> shelly is currently wearing a backwards hat um, i am it's cute uh, i'm, it's I'm wearing an orange hat and a red shirt yeah because uh, it's sunday so <laughs> <laughs> i can look like shit on sunday <laughs> i'm wearing leggings and a t-shirt so yeah <laughs> I think I think my most '90s moment. I I had a hard time because nothing really stuck out, and I think my two that I thought of 
were very 90s was one that the fact that they were driving a Ford Taurus. Yeah. Uh, that's very 90s. That's very X-Files. They love their Ford Tauruses. I don't even think they got paid to do that. Later, they definitely got paid to drive a Ford. Oh, yeah. My other 90s thing, maybe is a cop-out, but I think just the entire premise of like a show being about aliens. Because uh, I looked this up because we're, uh, we're a little too young to live through. <laughs> uh, we lived through the 90s, I will clarify. We lived through but- most of the 90s, but we were children, so... Yeah, so so I looked it up, and uh, there's a, a book published in 1994 by Harvard professor uh, John Mack, and it's called Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens, and it became a bestseller. And so I think just, like, the premise of the show being about aliens, I think it's so 90s, and <laughs> I like I don't think you'd make this show today. It definitely and, wouldn't uh, be the same. It wouldn't be like 90s and cops at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, aliens like, and cops at the same time. Yeah, so uh, I think just like the premise of the show, and, and there's like, there's a lot of things kind of related to that. Like, you know, part like part of the charm of the X-Files is like, it came out on Fox, and Fox... The network was found, like, it was launched in 1986, and the show came out in 1993, so it was, was like, not that old, (laughs) and this episode actually premiered on a Friday, so it was just like, Mm. we need to fill our time slots, let's give this weird show a shot, like, let's order some episodes, and so I think even that, like, I mean, I don't know, it's just, it's so 90s, everything about it is 90s, and that's why I love it, it's very charming yeah and um i guess we'll just offer some final thoughts about why (laughs) we chose this episode to be in our essential x-files podcast list or yeah uh and my i mean it's the pilot you gotta watch the pilot and i think it's good it's a it's a decent pilot it's definitely not not the worst pilot i've ever seen of a tv show (laughs) (laughs) um no it's a decent pilot i think i mean yeah besides the whole like obvious like intro to the world intro to the characters i think that um again we're kind of talking about how it's kind of unique in the fact that it really kind of sets up this like sci-fi cop procedural mishmash drama and that's interesting and then i think i think an interesting part of the show is that, like, we are Scully, right, in the beginning, in the pilot. Like, Scully is the stand-in for the audience. We don't know who Mulder mm-hmm. is. We don't know anything about the X-Files. She's jumping into this world just like we are. And that's not that's not always the case in the show. We're, like, Scully and Mulder aren't always stand-ins for the audience. And I think that, for me at least, Scully is easier to relate to than Mulder. And yeah. I think that, like, maybe this is part of it. Like, Scully's relatableness sort of, like, is an interesting set point that we're kind of coming into this with the view, like, of a young woman. And, like, that's kind of unique for, like, really any show, even still today, but especially, like, early 90s cop sci-fi. Procedural. Yeah, yeah. A-, a really interesting thing about the show is that, like, it, it gets cited a lot as, like, kind of gender swapped. You'd expect mm-hmm. the woman to be more, you know, believer and more uh, into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's very much the, the more emotional one. Yeah, yeah, and, and Scully's the quote-unquote logical one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I use quotes just because I feel like that's a weird way to describe someone. But Me too. That's what the, sh- the show is trying to say. And, I, I mean, she is logical. She's very scientific. She's very data driven and she has she has her mindset and her beliefs and her approach to her work is very much driven by that mm-hmm. and i do think that is very unique and i think it it really did inspire a lot of women to go into sciences more too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so that's cool and yes yeah, it's, it's the pilot that's my answer <laughs> yeah it's the and pilot i think it's good yeah and i think they're they're dynamic i think if you watch this and and you think Mulder and Scully are boring? I don't know if you'd like the show, but <laughs> <laughs> not to uh, take away our audience before they even listen to all our episodes. Oh my gosh, Shelby! 
uh, doing some self-sabotaging. But um, yeah, so I hope I hope y'all watch um, the pilot. I hope y'all watch along with us. And if you just listen along with us, I guess that's also fine. Yeah. Um, I really hope y'all give this show a shot. Uh, it's it's very important to me. It's very special to me, and I want everybody to like it. Of course, like yeah. everybody's interest. It's and from someone who where it's not quite so special for me, it is still like a fun show. Mm-hmm. And I'm only picking the good episodes. Right. Like, not you've picked some good episodes. I'm really excited for some of our future, our future episodes of the podcast. Now that we're gonna have a lot of, of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm not and this list isn't to say that these are the only good episodes of the X Files. These I when I picked the list, I very much wanted to pick ones that I thought were really good, really important to the X Files, and really important or really important to TV as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of my criteria when I made the list. So I hope y'all give it. It's we're probably gonna watch. Probably gonna do thirty-ish episodes of the podcast, so mm-hmm. it's it's not gonna be that much TV to watch. Yeah, especially <laughs> whenever you're condensing it down from over two hundred episodes. Yes, I'm putting in the work. <laughs> you really are. Uh, so this is what I. This is my calling. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm Mulder. First of all, I'm Mulder in this in this dynamic. Laura Scully and I'm Mulder. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And my quest, like his quest is to find out about aliens and what happened to his sister. My quest is to make all of the entire globe <laughs> watch these episodes of the X-Files. And my quest is to support you in that. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this week. We hope you join us in two weeks when we talk season one, episode 13, Beyond the Sea. Please rate and review if you feel so inclined. And follow us on Twitter at Condensed Truth.